Welcome to the Blogger Genius Podcast brought to you by Milo Tree. Here's your host, Jillian Leslie. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Elisa Meredith. Now, Elisa is the content marketing manager at Tailwind, which is a company we've talked a lot about on the show. And she also has her own marketing agency where she focuses on promoted pins, and that is called Elisa Meredith Marketing. So, Elisa, welcome to the show. Hey, Jillian. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. It was so great to meet you in person finally. I know. We were friends online and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you meet people in real life and it's like, ah, and you know what we talked about? <laughs> I remember. We talked about hair because your curly hair looks so good and you gave me all your tips and you showed me all your products and we bonded over that from the beginning. We did, but I have been neglectful in following up on this. In terms of how my hair is going? Yeah. Well, I'm getting my hair cut, and then okay. I'm going to launch into the products. <laughs> so then I'll, sh- I'll send you a photo after. I thought your hair was fabulous anyway. I think that's how the whole conversation started. But I'm anxious to see what you think if you try this method. Yes, yes. The spe- <laughs> and if anybody wants to know the special curly hair uh, method, just email me, and, and I, I will, I'll share it. I'll share what Elisa shared with me. In the special products. Um, and what are we talking about again? <laughs> okay, I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry so let's that. okay. So let's talk about Pinterest. So Pinterest yeah. comes up a lot on this show, and you were saying that you discovered it back, gosh, how long ago? Um, it was either twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. Okay, and you like me loved it from the beginning. Oh my goodness, yes! I used to be a terrible um, bookmark hoarder in my browser. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> and and I just found that I never knew where anything was. And, of course, you never name them properly. So having this visual system to keep all these articles I wanted to refer back to or wanted to read when I had time later, it was – I just – I loved it from the second I found it. Totally. And for us, my husband is my partner. He's the technologist. I kept saying to him for Catch My Party, please build me like something where I can bookmark stuff because then I would use the content from our own site and blog posts. Mm. And I never had a place to save stuff. And all of a sudden Pinterest showed up and I was able to bookmark all of our own content for myself. And then what I realized was uh, it was driving us traffic. And then we were like, whoa, this is weird. This is awesome. And that's also why we then built Milo Tree because we're like, we need to double down on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. We need to grow our following. We need to grow this because this is a juggernaut for us. Yes, indeed. And you must be really excited by some of the new stuff that came out from Pinterest recently. Like? Like the following tab that's rolling out to everybody. Yes, yes. Oh, my can, you, goodness. can you explain what that is? Yeah, sure. So a couple of years ago, uh, it if you went to your Pinterest home feed, you would see the pins from just the people you follow in the order, like in reverse chronological order. So the newest stuff first. And then when smart feed came in, they added all these filters because there was just too much content coming out and Pinterest wanted to make it a great user experience. So they're, they kind of tried to prioritize what they show and when and to whom. Um, so the feed changed up a lot and, and a lot of people love it because you can discover new stuff, but on the other hand, some people really miss the option to have that follow, like that curated follower feed where you could decide what people and which boards to follow so you could really choose for yourself what you want to see, and now we can do both. Yes, yes. So there's love a it. little tab on mobile. I haven't explored it on desktop, 
-hmm. but there's a little tab on mobile that says following i think and if you click it you will see the pins from only your only the people you follow yeah i don't even have it on mobile yet i have it on desktop oh interesting Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> no, so weird out. how they roll stuff out. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a page on the Pinterest site that I, I have bookmarked and I check all the time because they're always changing it. It's a setting yourself up for success on Pinterest page. And they just changed it to let us know that they are sending out our content to our followers first. And then based on the reaction of our followers, that's how they decide what should be seen more. Yes, in fact, I was just at a conference and a woman from Pinterest was there sharing best practices. Mm -hmm. And she said this interesting piece, which is, so Pinterest tests your content. What they do is they show it initially to your to, to your followers to see how what kind of response it gets. And if it gets a good response, that's content then that they will show to other people. And then right. the, the other piece so of information cool. um, this community manager from Pinterest shared is your first five pins of the day are prioritized and show mm -hmm. to more of your followers. So if you're going to be optimizing your pins, focus on those five pins of the day. And I would recommend that that be all of your content rather than pins from other people. Yes, that's a great idea. And you know, there were a lot of questions that came up after that was shared. I love that they're sharing more of that kind of deep dive tactical information. But of course, everyone wanted to know, well, what are the first five? What time zone is yes. it? My time zone? So I, I did contact them and I got a message back from support um, that it is midnight UTC. So and what I'm, is UTC? Uh, G, um, is that, GMT. Uh, is that, it's like, uh, right, it's a Greenwich Mean Time? Yeah, yeah, okay. it's the same thing. Yep. So here um, here on the East Coast, we're on Daylight Saving Time, so I think now we're four hours behind that. So for me, my first pins of the day start at 8 p.m. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So here in California, then, it would be 5 p.m. Okay. Look, I could do yep. that math really quickly. Yeah. In my head. <laughs> okay. So one thing that you focus on is promoted pins. Yeah. And I feel like promoted pins do not get the same kind of attention that that ads on Facebook do and that people don't quite know how to start with promoted pins or what promoted pins will get them. Can you in a nutshell explain what promoted pins are and what the value is behind them? Sure. And I think that there's a good reason for that. You know, it, on Facebook, if you don't pay, you don't get reach. Yes. On Pinterest, that's not the case, right? Pinterest is very generous <laughs> in giving mm -hmm. us exposure for our content. So um, I think a lot of people can get really great results on Pinterest without promoting. But, you know, if you're on a time crunch or you just want more, promoted pins are the way to go because all it is is just an ad, but it is a pin that you've already pinned. Right, so it's right. it's right, so it's taking your content and mm -hmm. kind of accelerating it. Exactly. Yep. So it it is um, it has fewer options than Facebook, which to me is a good thing mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's not so overwhelming. Yes. But it it does have one really cool feature, which we can talk about in a bit, um, that I don't think any other ad platform has, 
it, it it is absolutely worth a look, especially as um, you know prices start to rise on other networks mm-hmm. as as it gets more crowded. You know, fewer people are using promoted pins, so there is room to get started. And also, it's it's the way it converts too, right? So we know that um, 97% of the searches on Pinterest are non-branded, which means that people don't come into Pinterest with a preconceived idea of exactly what they want to buy and from whom. Mm-hmm. So you have the opportunity to get into their minds <laughs> at a much earlier stage in their decision-making process, which does mean that it, that you have to be a little bit more patient with your ads on Pinterest, but it also means that you have a, a better shot against the people with the big ad budgets on Pinterest than you may somewhere else. And what do you mean by that, that you can get into their minds earlier? So when you're on Google or Amazon, you know pretty much exactly what you want. <laughs> if yes. you're on Pinterest, you are you're probably a lot of times in the beginning stages of planning for something. So you may be planning a house remodel and you might be looking for ideas on um, refreshing a mid-century modern bathroom, right? So you're not necessarily searching for Moe and Fawcett. You are searching for those bigger ideas. So you can start to get people into your site and learning about your content, get them on your email list long before they're ready to pull the trigger. I mean, people do buy from Pinterest promoted pins quite a bit. Like one one and two have said they've purchased from a promoted pin, but you can get in much earlier, which is a huge benefit for a smaller business. Got it. So let's let's walk through, let's say I have an Etsy shop mm-hmm. and I sell jewelry. Okay. Talk to me about how you would recommend I use promoted pins. So let's say I take a bunch of photos of my bracelets and rings and I'm, I'm pinning them to Pinterest. Mm-hmm. What would your what would you say to me for how can I increase sales using Pinterest? Okay. Well, the first thing to know is that lifestyle images convert at a much higher rate than do straight product shots. Right. So you don't so, want that just that white background. If you look at the fashion pins on Pinterest and especially take note of the ones that are promoted because you know people are probably spending more time on those, um, you'll see very few faces. And if it is a product like that, you do want to zoom in on it so people can see exactly what it is. Then you don't have to put the text on the image. Got it. Okay. Well, do you recommend text on the image? Uh, it depends on what it is. So in this example, we're talking about a piece of jewelry. Um, if it's obvious what it is, you, no, you don't need that. And I think it could be distracting and take away from it. Okay. If it's a service offering or something, absolutely. Text on image is really important, but for products, you not necessarily. Okay, so I've got this pretty, okay, so I've got this photo mm-hmm. or this pin of a bracelet that I made yep. okay. and it's doing well. It's got a bunch of repins and people seem to like it. So I'm going to say, you know what, that would be probably a good pin to promote. Would you agree with that as a strategy? Like like put it out there first, see if it gets any na- any kind of organic traction and then choose that as a, a pin to promote or do you recommend, you know what, I'm just going to start fresh, new pin, and promote it then? Well, uh, you can do either, but I would I would say that we're probably not looking at the right thing. Um, I would back up a little bit and see which products are converting from Pinterest. So I'm not really familiar with the back end of Etsy. I've done quite a bit in Teachers Pay Teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I would want to know which products convert well when people come from Pinterest. Onto like let's say your teachers pay teachers page. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, and that you can you can tell pretty well. But uh, if we're talking about Etsy, hopefully there's a way to do that. Um, okay, is there? 
I think there is that you okay, can see good. which products of yours are selling. Yeah. Okay. So, and hopefully you can tell what source they come in from. Um, if not, you kind of probably have to give your best guess. Um, generally speaking, I think that like lower priced items do better on Pinterest uh, promoted pins if you're looking to get sales immediately, of course. Okay. A little impulse buy. Okay. Um, but instead of starting from the pin, I would start with the product. Think Got about it. what's going to convert. Um, if you if you then can look at your pins and you have one that leads to that and it's convert, you know, it gets great engagement, it gets a lot of repins, then that's the one I would do. Um, the great thing about promoted pins, of course, is that it's already an existing pin and you promote it, you show it to tons of people, it gets a ton of repins. Anyone who clicks on any of those repins, you don't pay for the traffic to your site. Wait, say that again. Okay. 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 So explain so, that. This is where I think the value of promoted pins really, I don't know, it is really obvious. So so explain. Oh, yeah. So okay. If you if you like a bargain, you want to hear this. Okay. <laughs> so when you promote a pin, you are paying to have it shown to many, many more people. Right. As many, many more people see it and those many people repin your pin. If others then see those repinned versions of your promoted pin and they click on it, yep. you don't pay for those clicks. Great. So I've got this this pin of my bracelet, right? Mm -hmm. You like it, you you pin it. So it shows yep. to you. I pay for it to show to you. Yep. Then you repin it. Yes. It's now in your fabulous jewelry board, let's say. <laughs> right. And then somebody, your friend or whomever's following you, sees it there and they click on it and they even end up on my shop. Yep. I'm not paying for that. If you're using a traffic campaign. Okay, which is uh, right. That, that though, That's where you get your best bargain that way, yeah. Okay, so to, versus what is it, like conversion, like where there's actually a, a purchase? Uh, no, it, the other options are you can pay for uh, awareness. Okay. Because that, that one, it can generate repins, but I find the best bargain overall is with traffic campaigns. Got it. Um, yeah, so awareness really is just to get it in front of people, right? You're not paying for any action on it. You're just paying per impression. Um, you can pay for an engagement ad, which I thought, ooh, this will be good because I thought maybe I can increase the number of repins for very little money and then get clicks from that. But um, in my experience, and please try everything because it might be different for you, but uh, in my experience, what I ended up paying for were close-ups where people click on the pin and look at it enlarged, and then nothing else happened. <laughs> so, oh, and that was, you were paying for that with engagement, right? Yeah. So yeah. engagement, you're paying anytime somebody clicks on the pin but doesn't necessarily go to your site. They're just yeah. looking at it. Yeah. So I always stick with um, traffic campaigns. Now, I tried to make that work for me, but it just didn't. That's interesting. Okay. So let's go. So, okay. So I am going to promote this pin, my bracelet pin, and right. I'm going to do a traffic campaign. So it just gets shown to more people. And you're paying for the clicks only. I'm paying for the clicks only. So it doesn't yep. mean, so it's being shown to many more people than yeah. the number of people clicking. That's right. And so in effect, you're getting awareness on top of it. That's terrific. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what do you recommend? Do you recommend a follow-up pin? Do you like what? What else would you put in that stew? <laughs> okay, so what you could do with that? Let's see. You have just the bracelet. I think for a product like that, a standalone promoted pin campaign can work really well. So you don't necessarily have to get into a funnel if you're selling a piece of jewelry. Okay. Right. So what? 
what you could do then on top of that is you could build another traffic campaign where you're targeting people who engage with that pin. And here's why that might be cool. If you, if you target your promoted pin by people who have engaged with it, and bear with me because I may have to say this twice. Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, you could say, I want to target people who have not clicked on this pin. Like they've done something else with it, but they haven't clicked on it. Clicked um, on it meaning to see the... Uh, to see an, a, like a big version of it or to actually no, go to my that's site? that's a close-up. Okay. That's a close-up. So okay. a click would be going to your site. Okay. So, so I can then target anybody who has engaged with any version of that pin. So if I take, okay, I have the bracelet product page URL and I'm going to say, okay, Pinterest, I want to target anybody who has engaged with my pin but has not clicked yet. And this is the, the pin, whatever pin it is, has to lead to this page. So Pinterest will go out and find every version of every pin of my, you know, that links to my page. It doesn't have to be something I pinned. It could be something you pinned or somebody down the street or somebody across the world. So I can now target people who have engaged with my content, even if they don't follow me or they didn't click on my particular, you know, instance of that pin. And that's the one that I don't think is available on any other network. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. so back to that, my bracelet pin, if you, you mm -hmm. pinned it, right. And somebody sees your pin, but had enlarged it, done a close up of it. I can then target that person who doesn't follow me, who's never seen, you know, my account on Pinterest, Yeah. but I can then target that person. Right. Because what basically what you're doing is saying, okay, I know this person showed some interest in this pin or a one of the pins that goes to this page at some point, but they didn't click on it to go to my website. So now I want to hit them with a pin that takes them to that, to my website. Wow. That's terrific. Okay. Yeah. And how much are we talking about in terms of paying for promoted pins? Right. So it, it's an auction like Facebook is. So it depends on your targeting and okay. the competition of your targeting. Okay. Um, but you don't have to spend a ton of money. Um, when I set up a campaign, I will typically set up multiple ad groups inside of it. And those ad groups will be separated by what kind of targeting I'm using. So and, is that the same? So explain what that means. Are you using okay. the same pin, but targeting different groups with it? Yes. Yeah. So typically the way that I organize a campaign is it will be, the campaign will be for one product or one article. Okay. And then underneath that campaign will be the different ad groups, which are divided by targeting types. Okay. So. So I might have one that's targeting um, by search keywords, like okay. just, just phrase and exact. I might have another one that's targeting by visitors to my site. Um, I might have another one that's an act-like audience of some audience that does really well. Um, for each of those ad groups, I would never want to try to make it work with less than $5 a day <laughs> because, okay. because it's just, it'll take forever to figure out if it's working. Exactly. And I, I just wanted to go over that again, which is so we've done some for Milo Tree, we've done uh -huh. some paid promotion or, or, on both Facebook and Pinterest. Okay. And it's this weird thing, which is you think I'll just put $5 in per day. But what what you're really trying to do is learn. Yeah. And at $5 a day, 
or or less than that, it's really hard. Your 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 stuff is not going to be shown very much. Right. And what you're trying to do is get data. So in a weird way, you do want to spend up front so that you can learn quickly. That's right. And you you know, you have to consider too that you're even if it doesn't convert really well right away, um, you are building a retargeting audience, right? So that you can later on target people who've been to that page because they saw your pin, or you can use retargeting on Facebook because now they've been to your site. So it's a little bit of an investment up front. Yes, yes, to figure out what works. right, yeah. so, okay. So you would say, let's say you, you create a campaign mm-hmm. and in it you've got three different uh, you have the same pin, but you're targeting different audiences. So okay. you would put at least $5 toward each of those pins. Yeah, toward each, the, of those each of those audiences. Or, yes, yes, absolutely. And I typically will have a lot more than that. I, I usually have uh, 12 to 14 because I also separate it out by um, mobile and wow. desktop. Okay. Be- because um, your cost per conversion can be so incredibly different <laughs> based Interesting. on device. Yeah. And what do you find? Because do people buy on mobile? Yes, they do. But it depends on your product, right? So if you have a SaaS product, right? If you if you have a software product, people probably are going to find it on desktop. desktop. So MiloTree, right? for example, mm-hmm. we find that we get very few conversions on mobile, right? You're not going to okay. sit there on your phone and be optimizing your pop-up. But right. <laughs> so, so almost all of our conversions are desktop. So when we I'm run ads, fine. we only target desktop. But if I'm yep. a bracelet, if I am a jewelry designer, could I get sales on mobile? Oh, totally. And and just talking to my ad rep at Pinterest, uh, she shared with me that doesn't matter what industry you're in, the vast majority of the conversions, the sales are happening on Apple products, <laughs> like your iPhone and your iPad. So okay, how about yeah. your like Apple computer? Um, or does yeah. she mean more mobile? She's talking more mobile because Pinterest is so mobile. I mean, it you and so I, what, yep. what we promote a lot of times is as a somewhat unique, you know, we're not selling a physical product. So right. for a physical product, you're going to probably get a lot more on, on mobile, but okay. you might find it super expensive and you still get a few on desktop. Right. So I would, I would try it anyway. Okay. So you are now promoting to 12 to 14 different audiences at $5 a day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. That's an investment. That is I an know. investment. It is. But you know what? I've I've shared. I, I'm a bargain hunter. I don't okay. know if you knew this about me. No, oh, I, I like that though. I did because I told you to find your yes. hair products on Groupon. Yes, on Groupon. <laughs> totally. Okay. Yeah, you just okay. have to yeah. say the name of the hair products just so in case anybody's saying Oh, yeah. Diva Curl. Okay. Diva Curl. There you D-E-V-A go. D-E-V-A Curl. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So if I, if I had an Etsy shop and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, no way. Can I do 12 ad groups at $5 a day right. for a month to figure right. this out? Okay, right. I, I totally understand that. Um, especially if you had 10 products you wanted to promote. It's just yep. impossible. Yep. Um, so there are two different ways you could do this. So one way is you could create um, a promoted pin that had a whole collection of items that you wanted to promote. Within that, the pin? Like a collage? Itself, yes, like a collage. Uh, that can work really well. Pinterest even recommends the strategy having multiple items in an image because it appeals to a much wider range of people when they yes, see it. Yes, that makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah, and then that's a way to, to like really figure out what kind of audience is going to work for you without having to manage and pay for 
you know, 10 different campaigns. You just have one. Um, and then the pin would lead to a page where you would have all of those items very easily purchased, right? So, so Target does this really well. Um, uh, in my presentation for Social Media Marketing World, I, I showed a pin that they had of two different dining room setups. And then if you click on that pin, it takes you to all their dining room setups. So you could even do that. Um, and the page is like, it's basically a catalog page with just all the items, easy to buy, easy to put in your cart. So uh, I so make bracelets. I have a variety of bracelets in a, in a collage. I put, let's say, three bracelets and I link it to my bracelet page. Exactly. That's it. So instead of just those specific products, I could link it to some sort of catalog of my bra all of my 20 that's, bracelets. That's right. You could do that. So that's one way to kind of um, keep the cost down when you're just okay. starting. Okay. Um, the other way is to try to prioritize your ad groups, prioritize what kind of targeting you're going to try. So, so there are a bunch of different ways you could target. You could target by broad match keywords, which it, Basically, Pinterest um, looks at your keywords, matches them to a, a prescribed interest, and serves them up in the home feed of people they think might be interested in it. That's okay. one way to, to reach strangers. You can also use phrase and exact match keywords, which only will show your pin when somebody searches those terms. In the, exactly. In the so broad, broad match is exactly what it says, which is... Uh, if it's like if it's an exact match it would have to say pearl bracelet somebody has to be searching for pearl bracelet but if it's broad match it could be some other type of bracelet or just the word bracelet like some sort that pinterest no. knows i'm gonna stop you no is no. that not right okay no, <laughs> no tell me that is and what you just described is exactly what you would think yes Right, and that's what I thought too, but then I exported some of my promoted pin campaigns that were just using broad match keywords and I found that they were they were showing up in the home feed. Oh. And I said to Pinterest, uh, what's this about? Because I thought it would be people searching these broad topics and they said, "No, it has nothing to do with search." Wow, okay, nothing so that so that is different than <laughs> Google Ads, just so you know, because with Google Ads everything. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So definitely look into that. So broad match is not what I think it is it here is not. on Pinterest. So broad match not. means it's going to show up in somebody's feed that they're not they're not searching for bracelets. Pinterest right. thinks you might like bracelets, so my pin's going to show up in your feed. Yeah, and they do have good reasons to think that, right? So they they can look at the boards that I create, the pins that I engage with, and think, oh, that person might be interested. But I ran an experiment, and the results will not surprise you. So I did at seventy four two sets of seventy four identical ad groups, um, same pin, same description, same everything. And the only difference in the two sets is that one I used broad match keywords, the other one I used the phrase and exact match type keywords. Yeah. yeah. Um. The 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 phrase and exact match converted at 60% higher into sales. Oh, interesting. Okay. And the the broad actually gave me, oh, I think it was two-thirds more repins. Which, interesting. Which, which is very, in, makes a lot of sense, right? Because it does. Because searching are going to buy. People who are just interested are probably going to save it for later. Maybe exactly. they Exactly. Right. So they are higher up on the fun, in the funnel. Yeah, right? which is fine. You know, you, there's value in that as well. 
That's interesting. Okay. All right. So sorry. So I had taken you off the path. Of- <laughs> no, it, we had kind of had to go there because, yeah, it was confusing to me as well. Um, okay. So we have our our broad match and our phrase and and um, exact match. So those are the, how we can target strangers really easily. Um, so what I, if I was going to do like three ad groups to start, I would probably do one that's phrase and exact match. Okay. Then I would do a visitor audience. So depending on how big your email list is, you can just target people who went to any page on your site or you can really break it down. And and on Etsy, I don't think you can do this, unfortunately, because you can't put the pixel. Oh, on. right. If you think you're ever going to want to run a promoted pin ad, uh, do this now. <laughs> so go to your conversion tracking in Pinterest ads and grab the pixel, put it on the header of every page of your site. Uh, and what that does is allows Pinterest to collect information on people coming to your site. Um, right. And then you can even break it down by, I want to target someone who went to this page or this list of pages but didn't go to this page. And that's how you can create a funnel once you get enough information. Right. Uh, the the tricky thing about Pinterest, of course, is not as big as Facebook or Google. Right. So um, audiences that are below 100,000 in size it can be difficult to scale. So for an Etsy seller, it's it's probably going to be tough to scale that kind of audience. So what you're saying that you need at least a hundred thousand visitors. Yeah, any, to any, your site. Yes. Is that per month or is that total? No, you can set the time frame, right? So when you create your audience, you can put in. Um, I want to target people who've been to my site in the last, and it goes up to almost almost two years, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so but remember, can... those people who came to your site two years ago are much <laughs> less valuable to old. you than the people who came yesterday. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So you're, so this might not work as well if you are a small shop. Yeah. A so small Shopify store, let's say. Right. But, okay. Let me, okay. Getting into Etsy mode. I'm still going to stick with the um, phrase and exact match keywords. Okay, um, that's going to help us reach a new audience. And then it might make more sense to try to do an engagement audience. So people who have engaged with pins that go to your site, particularly if you have a lot of repins out there, um, you're probably going to get a bigger number that way. And then, man, what else do I want to do? I think in that case where you don't have a lot, like you don't maybe have an email list, like a little, Okay, so we'll say you don't have an email list. You don't have much of a visitor list. Whew. Um, yeah, phrase and engagement. And maybe maybe try the broad match keywords. Okay. Um, yeah, so that would be my three I would start with. Okay, now if I do have, let's say I happen to have a big email list. Yeah. Tell me what I could do with that you could upload it and target those people, whoever Pinterest right. could find. Okay, yeah. right. So so that's pretty interesting. So I'm collecting emails on my site, let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah. if I have an Etsy shop member, I can't collect them on Etsy. But let's say I have a blog, which I highly recommend you do, yes. that links to my Etsy shop. Mm-hmm. But on my blog, I can collect email addresses. And again, you can do it with MiloTree. You can do it with a whole host of, you know, a whole host of tools. Um, you can give content away in exchange for their email address, whatever. But let's say I've got 40,000 email addresses. Awesome. Now, my first question <laughs> to you. you would be, um, is it segmented at all? 
let's say, and what that means is like I've tagged certain groups, like mm -hmm. maybe I collected an e a group of emails uh, who loved my how to clean jewelry uh, uh, free content, you know, or, or something. Like I know these people are interested in jewelry. I know this group is interested in scarves, let's say. So maybe I have added tags to those different emails, right. email addresses based on where they came from. Right. So how uh, they got on my list. Yeah. So you can upload each of those separately. Okay. As a different so, audience. So then you okay. can target smarter. So I've got my jewelry list. I've got my scarves list. Yeah. So and now you probably have a customer list too. Oh, so yes, that, definitely. Who've actually made purchases. Right. Yes. And then every time you come out with a new item, you can promote that to them. Okay. So then I am going to upload these mm -hmm. email address lists. And then Pinterest is going to say, hey, I know people's email addresses who are on Pinterest. And if there's a match, if somebody is searching on Pinterest with the same email address that I have, I'm going to show them that promoted pin. That's right. And if they've purchased from me in the past, then chances are they might purchase from me again. And so I will put that in my, let's say, purchase email list and target. And those people are probably the most valuable to me. Yeah. So that is in incredibly cool. And how have you yeah. found that work, that working? Um, it, d it depends on the quality of the email list and what you're promoting. So I always try everything. <laughs> and see, that's why I would start with the three, right? I would start with just a few to keep your budget down. Yeah. And then after a month or so, look at whichever one's not working as well as the other two and turn that one off and try something else. Okay, that's my question. How yeah. long does it take to learn? It takes a count on about twice as long as other platforms. Okay, because like Facebook, I've heard at least run them a week. Yeah, um, I would go more than that for Pinterest. Okay. So you would go up to four weeks? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. if you it, you can tell in a couple of days if it's just not going to get any impressions and then you try something else. But as far as waiting to see about sales and yeah, at least four Okay. Weeks. And the one thing that I struggle with, mm -hmm. I see my results, my early results, and I want to get in there and I want to start mucking around. I want to start, you know, I, and it is hard. I, I want to let you know it is hard to watch that money going like going you know you are spending and and every day you're you're seeing your bank account go down and you're going oh my god is this working and so then i want to get in there too early and start turning ads off turning ads on and i i i kick myself or i really have to not look force <laughs> myself not to look at my results yeah. because my human nature is like well wait i i could figure this out you know yeah. i feel like i'm bleeding money so how do you deal with that Oh, I have the same issue. I mean, if you're on Etsy too, it's really hard because you're not seeing the conversion data, right? So on a site that you own, you can install pixels that will allow you to tell which promoted pins and which targeting is actually resulting in signups, resulting in purchases, resulting in add to cart, all these cool things. So can um, we explain what that means? Yeah. So... If <laughs> when you install that conversion pixel on your site, all you're able to do at that point is basically track clicks, right? And right. also keep track of the people who go to your website. So in your Pinterest ad dashboard, you're going to see conversions, but you don't really know what that means, right? Was it conversion to a 
a click through to your website? Was it a sale? What was it? Um, but if you do a little more advanced tracking, which I highly recommend for people who are going to spend a lot of money on promoted pins uh, and or who have a lot of products to sell. Uh, and you really can't do it on a site like Etsy or right, Teachers Day Teachers. Right, because you don't own that. Right. So you'd want to do it on on a store that you own, unfortunately. that I know that's not, a, not options for everyone, but um, if you can do that, then when you go to your ads dashboard, you're able to see over time like what targeting does to impact your sales right you so, you, so when that there is a sale mm -hmm. uh pinterest can determine whether that sale came from that promoted pin right and so That's you can right. actually see oh my god i spent uh twenty dollars on mm -hmm. an ad but it drove fifty dollars in sales that's right and uh, that's that was that's a good you know that oh that's worth investing more money in right and the, you know you can also do it with UTM codes. So in Teachers Pay Teachers, they have a dashboard where you can see where the sales come in and you can see if there's a UTM code used. So we can we can kind of figure it out that way, but ideally you wanna be able to see it in the Pinterest ads dashboard if you can. Um, and I'll tell you what, what happens to me when I go in there and I, I had to do a little test to calm myself down, but when you, when you go in and look, it'll be like, you know, a month ago, things were going along pretty good. And then the last two weeks or so, it just tanks. It looks like you got no sales at all. Um, <laughs> but if you're patient and you wait a week or two, and then you go back and screenshot that exact same time frame, you'll see the conversions were good all along. Ah. And, that, and that's because of the way Pinterest tracks a conversion. Um, so if you, if you saw the bracelet pin on April 1st and maybe you repinned it and then um, on let's say April 15th you did a Google search and you ended up on that same um, bracelet page then you you bought it Pinterest looks at that sale and says oh that was because of the promoted pin and it attributes it to April 1st that day you acted on the pin not to April 15th. So on April 15th, you're looking at your, your ads dashboard and thinking nobody bought anything that day. But yeah, they did. It was just on April 1st. You get credit. Got it. It's crazy. It. But that plays into our little panic yes. <laughs> about, is this really working? Should I change it? Do I need to turn it off? Um, try to give it time. Like go into it. I like how you said it's about learning. So make a commitment that you're going you're gonna to stick it out until you learn something. Yes, and, and a couple other things. One, UTM parameters, which are, I just want to say what they are. Mm -hmm. It's a unique URL. It's like, so I've got my URL to my bracelet. And then what I can do is I can add some code beyond just the regular Etsy URL and that makes it a very specific URL so that if somebody buys from that URL or comes to my site via that URL, I can, I can get data. Yeah. on that specific URL, which is going to land me on the same page, same bracelet page, but it's going to look different. So I can tell who, where my traffic is coming from, which yeah. is that how you would describe YouTube. Exactly. And if you don't know how to yeah. set them up, Google it. It's not yeah, hard. Yeah, it's really easy. But the the limitation on that, and that is that, and you were right, and that's how we use it for, for Teachers Pay Teachers. But the limitation on that is if they don't purchase in that moment, when they're using that UTM code, we don't, we aren't able to capture the sale. 
So, so if you have, if there's any way you can put that conversion tracking and that event tracking pixel on a website you own, that's what you want to do. Okay, and then here's the other thing, and, and tell me if you think this is true, which is you want your data to direct you to what is working. Okay. However, there are other times where, for example, we were running Facebook ads for Milo Tree, mm-hmm. and we could not connect exactly how that sale came to our site, but when we were running ads, our sales went up. Yeah, and I think a lot and of people do it that way, yeah. So it's like, it wasn't this direct, you want to be able to say, wow, I ran this ad and this ad led to this many sales. And I can see that direct line, right? And I can see the conversion pixel, like, whoop. But sometimes the story is murkier. That is so true. And so this is where by getting in there and experimenting and trying, you start to get a sixth sense. (laughs) <laughs> do you agree? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And so it's it so just so you know like when the st- when you can't fully determine it, you know, you have to look at it and say, "Wow, I started ads on on April 1st, my sales went up. I don't know, I can't tell you why or how that happened, but they did. So I'm going to keep running those ads or you can then do an experiment, turn off the ads and see if your sales drop." Yeah, and and I think that's why it's important to, you know, not change anything else. You know, if that if that's what you're relying on, then don't don't turn off your Facebook ads, you know. Leave it all running to leave everything the same so you only change one item and that's how you know it's working. Right. And this is another piece of human nature that that I I fail this test and I have to I have to like literally tie my hands <laughs> together so, many confessions. so yeah. I know, which is <laughs> I want to start changing more variables mm-hmm. and that gets me in trouble. Yeah. Because I want to oh you want to only test one ver- one change at a time so that you can identify ah it was this. And I want to get in there and start changing audiences and changing, you know, whatever. And and I, I, I then learn nothing. So I've spent a ton of money. Maybe I've gotten sales. Maybe I haven't. But at the end of the day, I know nothing. I know. Uh, like easier said than done. I totally understand. <laughs> so if, in fact, you're in this situation um, and you're like me in that you want to know immediately, you don't want to be kind of, uh, I don't know, bleeding money, just know that your instincts are probably not going to help you. They right. might hurt you. They, right. But over time, like you said, you will start to intuit what's going to work, what is working, and you'll be able to trust that a little bit more. Exactly. So, um, so I again, so when we talked and you were talking about promoted pins, mm. do you recommend them? Like I am a small Etsy shop and I sell bracelets. Should I dig in, spend the time, learn how to do this? Like, is it worth it? Yes. <laughs> yes, you should. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, particularly if you have tried advertising elsewhere and it's and it the price has gone up, like I wouldn't say if you've tried elsewhere and nothing works and you don't get any sales because well then maybe there's a problem with the pricing or the the presentation or something, but if you're feeling priced out of other options, for sure. Or if other things are working and you just want to try a new audience, yeah, like you know your people are on Pinterest. You know you you're getting sales from Pinterest. Yeah. And that is a really good point, which is I mean, Pinterest's audience keeps keeps growing, keeps mm-hmm. evolving. But if you are in that sweet spot of women, 
uh, who love beautiful things, who want to remodel their house, who want to make, who, who want to, who isn't food like the number one category on Pinterest? Yeah, I think so. It's right up okay. there. <laughs> so if somehow your content, you know, it's like go where your people are. Right. If they're not on Pinterest, don't advertise on Pinterest. Right. But if right. they, whereas if Facebook, there probably is that audience on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you know where your traffic comes from, if you know where your sales come from and you're seeing it coming from Pinterest that obviously it's a it's a good bet for you wow I have I have learned so much so okay so dissect this with me mm. which is we ran two ads on Pinterest for Milo tree okay okay they were um I'm looking they were not they were traffic campaign ads which is what you recommend great yeah okay one led to a blog post Okay. And one led to our sign-up page, you know, our homepage. Mm -hmm. And our pin that led to a blog post, it was something like uh, 10 ways to grow your Instagram followers. Yeah. It performed so much better than our pin. Now, they were set, they were, no, I think it was, I'm trying to think if it was, it was the same, no, yes, I think it was the same pin. Would that make sense? No. Um, okay, no. Then it was different pins. And that's where, again, I have too many variables. The yeah. one that was like, hey, grow your social media followers and email list or something that was more general that led directly to our homepage did not perform anywhere near as well as our 10 tips to grow Instagram. Well, that doesn't surprise me. But let me ask another question first. Go. When you say it didn't perform as well, what do you mean? Clicks. Okay. So what you really want to look at is conversions. Okay. Because okay. You, if you think about it, yeah, people are going to click because they want to learn about 10 ways to make their Instagram better. But does that mean that they're necessarily going to sign up for your email list or sign up for your product? Not necessarily. So you right. have two steps when you're doing that, right? They have to click on the pin, they have to go to the blog post, and they have to convert. Whereas if you're promoting a landing page with the sales sign up, they have yep. to click on the pin, they have to sign up, right? So you yep. removed a step in between. Yep. So, so I would guess that even if you got far fewer clicks to the landing page, it probably still overall converted better than the blog post. Not Interesting. Okay, because yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And again, I wasn't even, this is back, I don't know, maybe a year ago where I wasn't mm -hmm. as sophisticated to know this. Mm -hmm. And I was just looking at clicks. Mm -hmm. And I'm not That's sure. Cool. I have to check to make sure we have our conversion pixel on. I think we do. Okay, but remember, I mean, you can have your conversion pixel in there and it's, you know, it's tracking clicks and it's tracking traffic, but you need to set up your event tracking in order event to yep. figure yep. out what's really converting. So, I mean, it's going to depend. So maybe, maybe your blog post converts amazingly well to signups. And right. then, so that would be, yeah, that would be great. You should promote that. And then maybe you could have a slide in for, for converting to sales. Um, but... You know, if your landing page converts 10 times better than your blog post, then send them right. there. Right? That's where I want to send them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what is your thought? I was just actually talking about Facebook funnels. Mm -hmm. And what is your thought about setting up Pinterest funnels versus I'm just going to advertise my bracelet? And so, oh, yeah. and are there Pinterest funnels? Like, is yeah. that a thing? Yes, absolutely. So if you had a, a huge amount of traffic, you had a huge amount of engagement, you had just massive numbers going on, you could create a funnel exclusively in Pinterest, right? So you could target a person who went to this blog post um, and then target them with 
an ad that goes to the next blog post, which is bringing them further down in the funnel. And then you could target the people who clicked on that pin with another ad that brings them to a landing page. Um, so you could do that kind of all on Pinterest funnel if you had a huge audience. But for most of us, what we're going to do for a funnel instead is to get them from Pinterest to our website, to our email list, and then okay. convert from there. Okay. So again, okay. So it's it's a way to drive email signups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm just taking notes because this is so good. Okay. okay. So, and then therefore sell them via the relationship that I can build once they've signed up for my list. That's right. Yep. So the final conversion probably then wouldn't happen on Pinterest. It would happen via the connection that we built. Right. That's right. But if you had your event tracking set up on Pinterest and the conversion happened within a set period of time, you would right. still be able to see that in your dashboard. Yes. Which would be and can cool. you explain, okay, so that means <laughs> that Pinterest is watching or listening or tracking yeah. is a better word. So that if in fact you've clicked on my pin, you've mm -hmm. gone to my site, um, and then ultimately, let's say I put it for 30 days, 30 days later, you make a sale. Mm -hmm. I, I make a sale, you buy my product. Now, it might be that you're getting emails in the, right. in the short term because I'm reaching out to you and telling you about my product, but you make a purchase, Pinterest will say, aha, that Pinterest, that, that sale came from that pin. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I, I love the way that, that Pinterest does that, right? So it's not always that last touch attribution. So it doesn't have to be that the last time before they bought was that they were on Pinterest. It's them kind of helping you see how it fits into your larger sales cycle. Um, I love that. Yeah, me too. I, there are limitations. So certain browsers um, will remove that tracking information. Certain ad blockers will remove it. So it's you have to figure it's under reporting a little bit only because, okay. you know, there's no way to get that information. But right. yeah, yeah. And this is again where you get that sixth sense and mm -hmm. um, y you start to like go, well, I am getting sales, even though it's not exactly showing me the direct um the direct path, yeah, but there's something working there. That's right. Oh gosh. Okay, we are going to mm -hmm. have to do a part two to this because what I am <laughs> going to do, okay, is I am going to use this information and I am going to run some more ads. Okay. Some okay. more promoted pins. Mm -hmm. And then I would love to check back in with you, okay, and go over how that worked. It's a date. Is that a date? Yeah. And anybody else who wants to try, like start with the first, the basic stuff that Elisa has talked about, you know, a, a very simple campaign um, where you are doing, you're, you're doing a traffic campaign, you're targeting very few audiences and you're going to do $5 a day and you're going to start collecting information on what your, you know, start, actually, sorry, start at your site start at what is already selling and start promoting that. Mm -hmm. And in terms of imaging, imagery, mm -hmm. do you then try different images and see which one of those is the best? Yes, you, you, you do. <laughs> and there are some suggestions for promoted pins, like you should use a little bit of subtle branding. So either your logo or your website, then you want to put it either at the top or the bottom in the middle so it doesn't get covered up by all the buttons. Um, yeah, a text on image if it's not clear what it is. And then if you want to test images, you can put more than one image inside an ad group, just like you do on Facebook. However, 
it does not test for you. So on Facebook, if you have two ads in an ad group, it will figure out which one works best and show that one more. Uh, Pinterest, unfortunately, that does not work at this time. So you could find that your pin that isn't doing very well is getting all the impressions and not converting. And the other one that maybe could do really well isn't. So you have to break it out. You have to do two different ad groups. Got it. Okay. So there, it's a lot of like branching. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. But who's, you know, I'm, I'm willing to dig in. Yeah. Which is probably why you should start with one or two products. <laughs> Otherwise it becomes unwieldy. Totally. And, yeah. and where do you see promoted pins going? Oh, I love where they're going. So they just uh, released a brand new reporting dashboard, which which I adore because you okay. can, like, the way that I run pins, you know, I might have, like I said, 14 different ad groups. But if I want to see what's working with this one piece of content, now I can just search for that one piece of content. It will pull everything out of all the ad groups. It shows me everything I need. Love wow. it. So their okay. reporting is top notch. And they put a lot into that. I appreciate that. The other thing that I... I can see coming is more targeting, right? So we have some really great targeting options now, but okay. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna give us more because they learn so much about us, right? And they I infer know. so much about us that I they could do more. Like they've been talking about doing. I think they call them personas. So targeting like new parents or people getting ready to move or you know people in certain life stages, right? And I can see. I'm I'm anxious for that. They've been talking about that for a while. <laughs> and are there look-alike audiences? Yeah, they call Pinterest? them act-alike. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. like, if you start running an um, an audience ad like your email list and it's doing really well, but you're just not getting enough impressions, yeah, definitely try and act-alike on whatever audience works. And and again, the beauty of that is that Pinterest understands your email list and then can create an audience that looks like your email list but isn't your email list and usually that audience is bigger yes oh it's and always so, bigger even if you choose yes, just a one yes, percent that's, that's, similarity that's it's uh, so like true seven hundred and twenty thousand people or something exactly yeah. <laughs> and like for me i have found that's the power that's that was the power of facebook for us is mm. the lookalike audience so i haven't tried that yet on pinterest yeah and i think that the challenge there that what i have seen is if you have a really tiny source audience so let's say your email list converts or works really well as an ad um but it's only 3,000 people. So then if you're asking Pinterest to match your 3,000 with 720 on their platform, that's a lot to ask. It is. So it may not be uh, completely uh, relevant. So what I would do if, if that was the case, if I had a small audience, a source audience, I would add on top of that a couple of keywords. So I yep. could try to make it a little bit more relevant for people. So right, so you're kind of telling uh telling pin, telling Pinterest, here's here's my email list and Pinterest is is, is inferring stuff from these people, right? Yeah. Let's say they're all married. Yeah. Okay. Well, Pinterest now knows that they're all married. But then if you say uh crafts or jewelry, then mm -hmm. you go, okay, Pinterest now has has two pieces of data. They know right. that these, this audience is all married and they like jewelry. That's right. So when they're building their audience for you, um, they can at least have more information. Yes. I like to give them a little help because that's a lot to ask. It is a lot to ask. That's terrific. Well, okay. And then explain how people can reach out to you like via Tailwind. So remember, Tailwind is, again, we'd be lost without it. Oh my goodness. It's our 
It's our scheduling service. We use it for Pinterest. We use it every single day. It's terrific, so definitely check it out. So how can people reach out to you via Tailwind or via Elisa Meredith Marketing? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, so you can reach me on Twitter is a great place to find me. It's just Elisa M. Meredith, and that's the same on Pinterest and Instagram. Um, Tailwind, you can reach me at Elisa at tailwindapp.com. Okay, that's A-L-I-S-A. That's right. Awesome. Well, Elisa, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I, I've been taking notes oh, and I've got like two pages of notes just talking <laughs> to you. I'm so excited to see what you do. Yes, I will be reporting back to you. Okay, thank you. All right. Well, thank you again. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Are you trying to grow your social media followers and email subscribers? Well, if you've got two minutes, I've got a product for you. It's MiloTree. MiloTree is a smart pop-up slider that you install on your site and it pops up and asks your visitors to follow you on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, or subscribe to your list. It takes two minutes to install, we offer a WordPress plugin or a simple line of code, and it's Google friendly on mobile and desktop. So we know where your traffic is coming from. We show a Google friendly pop-up on desktop and a smaller Google friendly pop-up on mobile. Check it out, sign up today and get your first 30 days free. (laughs) 